2: Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and
3: Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: Last month, the laser shot fired from this control room put two units of energy into the experiment, atoms began fusing, and about three units of energy came out tammy ma who leads the labs laser fusion research initiatives got the call while waiting for a plane
1: and i burst into tears it was just tears of joy and i actually physically started shaking and and jumping up and down in in you know at the
2: gate before everybody
1: boards everybody was
2: like what is that crazy woman doing
5: That's from 60 Minutes on Sunday night. They uh, featured the story about the fusion uh, breakthrough that we talked about when it happened. It happened like 40 miles from where I'm standing right now um, in the Berkeley area. And uh, a really, really impressive um, breakthrough that could be the biggest thing that's happened energy-wise in the history of the world. And I really did. Did you see the 60 Minutes thing? I did not. Um, it's it's uh, there's a couple of interesting things about it that I want to mention, but we'll see what the clips say first, and then fill in any of the gaps. Scott Pelly, there at the uh, at the lab where they did
4: this. The National Ignition Facility, or NIF, was built for three and a half billion dollars to ignite self-sustaining fusion. They tried nearly 200 times over 13 years, but like a car with a weak battery, the atomic engine would never turn over. NIF drew some nicknames.
3: It did uh, for many years, the not ignition facility, the never ignition facility uh, more recently than nearly ignition facility. So uh, this recent event has really put the ignition in
4: the NIF. Ignition means igniting a fusion reaction that puts out more energy than the lasers put in.
1: So if you can get it hot enough, dense enough, fast enough, and hold it together long enough, the fusion reactions
3: start to self-sustain. And that's really what happened here on December 5th.
5: You know, years of failure, and uh, this kind of fits in with what we were talking about yesterday as I tried out the Tesla self-driving thing and found it somewhat wanting, though it is still quite amazing. You used the example of you stood there and watched the Wright brothers find, they flew 100 feet, big freaking deal, and you stomp away. I mean, mean, you got to start somewhere with these various things, right? Yeah, yeah.
3: You know, I find myself wondering, can they get that reaction to sustain? Uh, Probably. I mean, Edison went through 200-plus different filaments before he came up with tungsten, I guess, uh, to to make the light bulb.
5: I would have guessed tungsten right off the bat. They should ask me. (laughs) They made a mistake not asking. seems clearly the right thing. Um, one more feature on this and then I get I do want to fill in it fill in a couple of really uh, groovy details about what happened.
4: She showed us why the problem of fusion would bring anyone to tears. First, there's the energy required, which is delivered by lasers in these tubes that are longer than a football field. And how many are there all together?
2: 192 total lasers.
4: Each one of these lasers is one of the most energetic in the world, and you have 192 of them.
2: That's pretty cool, right?
4: Well, pretty hot, actually. Millions of degrees, which is why they use keys to lock up the lasers. Shot director, ready. The beams strike with a power 1,000 times greater than the entire national power grid. Your lights don't go out at home when they take a shot because these capacitors store the electricity. In the tubes, the laser beams amplify by racing back and forth, and the flash is a fraction of a second.
1: We have to get to these incredible conditions, hotter, denser than the center of the sun, and so we need all of that laser energy to get to these very high energy densities.
4: All that wallop vaporizes a target nearly too small to see.
5: Yeah, so that's when they put this tiny little BB in Scott Pelley's hand. It's, like, smaller than a uh, a BB you'd have in a BB gun, but it is the most perfectly round thing on Earth that they develop there at great uh, cost and care. It's got something to do with it being perfectly round. And uh, that's what they fire all that energy at, and it's it was the hottest thing in the entire solar system when they did that, which is really mm, quite amazing. That's but, hot. That's mm. very, very hot. And it melts the equipment that's holding the tiny little BB, but the ultimate result is you got more energy out than you put in. And if you can do that on, if you can make that scale, as they say, where you can get more energy out than you put in, well, then you could have yeah. endless energy, um... And uh, there's not the nuclear waste and all that sort of stuff that goes with the other kind of atomic energy. So you know more about this sort of thing than
3: I do. So I've heard this question asked multiple times. <clears throat> so they used enough energy to power Manhattan for fifty years to charge up all this equipment right. and have it ready. They talked about that at length. Right. Oh, uh, that's a, as big as the power grid of the entire country. Well, that's not. The, and then they produce this teeny tiny amount of energy. Now, I get maybe the amount of energy expressed in that tiny little fraction of a sentence, or a second, rather, by those laser beams. Okay, but, I mean, it it feels like they're using 50 elephants and their index finger to pull a train and claiming that they just used their index finger.
5: Right. They didn't fully explain that, because I wondered that myself. They didn't fully explain that. The, 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 there's got to be an answer, right? Or that, that hole would have been poked in the whole thing right off the bat by, by smart people, I assume.
3: Well, I, I think probably the answer is if you can get that fusion reaction to continue oh, then indefinitely. You would produce that energy with that.
5: I guess. Yeah,
3: And they're thinking that they won't have to have enough power to power Manhattan for 50 years in the future to get the lasers good and hot or however that works. Again, it's like asking a dog about geometry. I realize <laughs> having me try to have a discussion on this stuff, um, but it just I don't
5: quite get it. Asking your dog about sines and cosines and whatnot
3: exactly but the the nice uh, scientist lady there was crying at the airplane gate obviously she thought it was significant or maybe yeah. she was just really happy her funding would continue i don't know
5: or it was her lady time
3: oh jeez, louise nobody appreciated that nobody lady 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 so
5: um yeah i don't i don't well what an a, a, a amazing thing that would be though it, people have thought it for, you know, decades and decades and decades it was possible, and they think they've made the biggest uh, jump in that possibility to have just enough energy. Energy ceases to be a thing that mm-hmm. you worry about. We just have plenty for everybody. It's clean, and so let's worry about other things. Right. Um,
3: which would change the world fundamentally in oh, a thousand ways.
5: my God, I would say so. But human nature, which does not change... You still got Putin sending missiles into apartment complexes to murder children because he wants that chunk of land for some reason. So, I don't know, it's just it's it's hard for me sometimes to have all these things that, that the human brain is capable of figuring out fusion and uh you know free energy for everybody forever while you got scumbags around and want to kill you for stupid reasons.
3: Yeah, yeah.
5: Well, and there are trillions
3: of dollars at stake uh, and, and, you know, various dictators and uh, uh, oil republics, uh, the banana republics in the modern world. And they're going to fight against this stuff and it'll be a battle. And I just I, I don't get the sense. I, I, I don't have a sense whether it'll be two years or 500 years till this technology is ready.
5: Mm-hmm. Um, I'll wait and see, I guess. Yep. Um, I just saw up on the TV. Good Morning America was doing a story on uh, dieting. And I don't know exactly what they're talking about, but they had up there, the, the words on the bottom said, uh, studies show reducing caloric intake may be the best diet. Hmm. hmm. Intriguing. So uh, I'm, I'm going to have to read more on this. So uh, eating less. I wonder if burning more calories helps too. Yeah, well. I know. Yeah, I wonder if we'll finally get, if that, that's what, that'll be the last diet study where some scientist just walks forward and says, I've figured it out. Don't eat so much. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's been <laughs> exactly the slow the Don't eat so much. Oh. He's right. Ah, put him on your shoulders. Carry him around the room. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh boy. Um bunch of stuff on the way, including what it does mean that we're gonna hit our debt limit of thirty-two trillion dollars tomorrow, but other stuff too. Stay here. Hi, good night everybody. Exactly.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
6: The Armstrong and Getty
5: Show. So, the doctors say limiting your caloric intake might be the best way to lose weight. I'm really going to have to look into this more. It seems awfully complicated to me. Yeah, I agree. Sounds a little fishy. You know, I got down
3: to a weight I haven't seen for a while today. I thought, wow, this is the first time I've been this weight since, uh, let me check, and I go back to my pad where I record my weight, since mid-October. Oh,
5: please. I've done the opposite. I've, I'm up to a weight I haven't seen in a, in uh, over a year. Maybe two, ah! maybe two years. Congratulations. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> you well, you're latching. getting up. You're getting bigger, aren't you? Which is fine if you say that to a kid, but... <laughs>
3: <laughs> An eight-year-old. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Look at
3: you. Look at the way you're growing. <laughs> um <clears throat> So I mentioned uh, last hour, I think it was Matt Taibbi has done some interesting stuff about how if you're in the mainstream media cabal, you get the, the guest bookings, you get the book deals, you get the awards, you get the speaking engagements. And then the minute you go off the reservation, report a truth that they don't like, you lose your friends, you lose your bookings, the rest of it. It's just amazing. And the opposite's true, too. Brian Stelter, the eunuch from CNN, who used to do that utterly dishonest misinformation show that masqueraded as a, a media show. He's just at the uh, World Economic Forum uh, uh, thing in Davos hosting a panel about the clear and present danger of disinformation. Wow! Well, I guess who would know disinformation better than Brian Stelter? So,
2: yeah.
3: Anyway, it's unbelievable. Uh, moving along. This modern world. Fella just said something really interesting. People are less happy about the state of affairs uh, than they were when things were way tougher. It's weird for somebody my age, because I was born in the middle of the Great Depression when the hardship was unbelievable. Uh, he, He mentions that everybody's five times better off than they used to be. But you hear so much about income inequality. It's crazy. Life was pretty brutal, short, limited, and what have you. There was no printing press, no air conditioning, no modern medicine. But you get way more
5: complaining these days. Yeah. I was using Old fella making this point. My dad grew up without electricity or plumbing. There's nobody yeah. in America doing that right now. Guy's
3: 98 years old. Here's the problem. He's a billionaire. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that from a billionaire. <laughs> True that. It doesn't matter how right you are, dude. You've got to find somebody else who's maybe merely a millionaire to, to tell everybody that. It Read
5: is, the room. But it is about expectations, though, of whether or not you've got enough or the right amount or how rough your life is. It's all about expectations. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the whole thing. You know, they've done study after study about um you know what how nice a car or how nice a house your neighbor has has such an effect on your happiness oh it has a much more significant
3: effect on your happiness than how nice your car is you will be markedly less happy with your car if your neighbor has a better one If your neighbor has a crappy car, that same car, you've still got the same car, you'll be quite pleased with it.
5: Now, are we designed by that, by evolution, so that we're striving for more, so we don't starve, or I mean, is it one of those- so we get a mate? Is it one of those many evolutionary impulses we need to ignore, like the desire for sweets or the desire for sex or a whole bunch of other things that we just don't need at the same level anymore?
3: Well, that's such a beautiful lead into the other thing I was going to talk about, because, you know, my answer to your question would be, well, for a million years, it was good to be like that. But in the last, you know, 400 years or so, particularly the last 100 years or so, everything's changed. Mm -hmm. What I was about to say is it's as if you read my mind, as if this was planned out. Trust Uh, me, it wasn't. My youngest kid is 23 years old. And I raised her in a vastly different world as an adolescent than exists right now. 10 to 15 years ago, wildly, radically, dizzyingly different than the world right now. Think about that S. Politically,
5: technologically.
3: Yeah, mostly technologically, culturally. Yeah. The lives of adolescents. And this story's not of great significance, but I think it means more than it seems to mean. Came across this headline the Washington Post. Sleepovers have gotten very complicated. What a once simple rite of childhood reveals about the divisions among us.
5: Oh, boy. I'm going to hate hearing this.
3: Oh, every single word of it, you will. <laughs> Here's this gal, got a 12-year-old son hanging out with her, his pals at a friend's house till 7 o'clock. His evening approached. The kids decide they want to sleep over. Friend's uh, father texted this uh, mom, say, hey, it's fine with me. That's fine. The kids are welcome. But when the message appeared on her phone, she felt a sense of dread. I hate being a party pooper. I want my son to have deep and meaningful friendships. But I also know that I would be setting a precedent if I allowed it to happen. And I wasn't ready for that decision on such a short notice. She immediately started Googling, are sleepovers good or bad for kids, and child development plus sleepovers, and risks and benefits of sleepovers. She listened to child psychologists on TikTok, scrolled through blog posts, and searched newspaper articles. She politely declined the sleepover invitation and kept scouring the internet. (laughs) What is wrong with you?
5: What the hell hell is wrong with you? Did you do a sleepover as a kid? Did you enjoy it? Well, then have your kid do it. They'll enjoy it,
3: too. Mostly, she says, I was just trying to find a way to feel good about my decision. A sense of certainty (sighs) proved elusive. Stay away from me. Whoever you are, never (laughs) come near me. But she did find she has plenty of company and feeling unsure about sleepovers. Among parents who are skeptical of this particular rite of childhood, which we never were 10 years ago, one question, can I spend the night, unleashes a slew of others. How well do we know the other parents? Are there guns in the house? What about alcohol or drugs? Uh, you bet your ass, there's alcohol miles. The <laughs> what about the risk of COVID exposure? Are there older siblings around? Will the kids be watching YouTube or TikTok all night? Is it a girls only or boys only gathering? What about kids who don't adhere to binary concepts of gender and sexuality? What might happen if they stay the night? What might they miss if they don't?
5: Oh jeez, I know. Well, some of those questions are reasonable. Do I know how well do I know these people? That's sort of thing. Every parent has always wondered that, but Crazy people will make their
3: kids crazy.
5: Well God I'd say, that ain't good. If you miss an hour of this show, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
6: Armstrong
0: and Getty show. Until there was a
5: So Joe Biden's sitting there with the king of New Guinea or somebody, and uh, when he gets done, uh, nobody was interested in what he was doing. They all just wanted to scream at him about the classified documents and why you uh, didn't tell us sooner and all that sort of stuff. And that was the cacophony of sound as he stood there with a look on his face that to me read, I am in a scandal. I am fully embroiled in a scandal. Yes,
3: indeed. I've got to smile and ignore these people as they shout unendingly. So we've been discussing why and how the nation's press is rediscovered. the the people's watchdog have rediscovered their teeth somehow and why that is. A lot of folks, including y'all, as you drop us emails and texts are suggesting that, well, Biden has outlived his usefulness. He's an embarrassment. They want to get him out of the way for twenty twenty four. Uh, <clears throat> you know, that may there may be some truth to that. I'm not sure it's an organized uh, campaign to accomplish that, honestly. Uh, Jack, you've suggested that the, the members of the press, while they are more than willing to be blatant partisans, don't particularly like to have their intelligence uh, insulted.
5: No, they don't like to be treated like they're stupid. And um, ABC uh, this week opened with John Carl, Carl saying, for the first time this week, the White House has had to change its story. And yeah, they don't like it. When obviously what you told me to my face the other day was a lie, they don't like that. Nobody likes that.
3: For instance, uh, let's uh, let's run clip number twenty four there, Michael.
2: On Friday, did you or did you not know about the additional? Five I already, I literally just answered that question. What? What? But I missed it, so is it yes or no? Well, I mean, you're you're not too far sitting next to her. You guys can ask me this 100 times, 200 times if you wish. I'm going to keep saying the same thing. I hear your question. It's been asked. It's been answered. It's been noted.
5: (laughs) Apparently, they don't feel that way. That's funny. I mean, they don't feel like you have answered that question, apparently. Here's another exchange. 26.
2: I have been forthcoming from this podium. I've also been very clear about being prudent from here. Look, guys, you guys can ask me this a hundred times, 200 times if you wish. Why
0: is it the matter of this White House counsel to deal with documents from two administrations ago these are, we're not talking about presidential records from this White House. Why is this White House counsel involved in this matter at all?
2: Again, this is something for the White House counsel uh, to address. Okay, folks Great. have to gather. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Twenty-six you know, times, times that turned out to be false. Are you sorry about that? I'll see you tomorrow. Come talk to me. I'll see you tomorrow.
3: So what that reporter said off, semi-off mic was, play play 27 again, Michael, or 27.
2: I'll see you guys tomorrow you told us you told us five six five times five. that turned out to be false are you sorry about that I'll see you tomorrow come talk to me I'll
3: see you tomorrow you told us something that turned you told us something six times that turned out to be false are you sorry uh, that's it uh, come see me she says so to Jack's theory the White House White House press is getting pissed off at KJP and her weak act.
5: Yeah. Uh,
3: well, and the dishonesty she's being ordered to uh, you know, throw their way.
5: Yeah, she's, you know, it ain't her. Um uh so the story that broke overnight is that the Justice Department at least considered sending the FBI in to the think tank or Biden's home the way they did at Mar-a-Lago and decided for whatever reason, and this may come out, you know, in a Republican led investigation, um, decided not to, that they'd let lawyers handle it or whatever. Um, I heard somebody the other day say, how is this not windbreaker time? Windbreaker time when the, when the when the FBI agents show up with their blue windbreakers that say FBI on the back. How is it not windbreaker time when you've got the third batch of documents that just show up? And okay, we, you know, and and your lawyers are there. Okay, we need somebody else there to keep an eye on what you're doing. Well, particularly because the
3: private lawyers are, are saying, yes, we'll go through the room now and see if there are any classified documents. Or, or the, they have no security clearance, these right. lawyers. That's
2: not the way
5: it and works.
3: And so they're claiming, yes, we came across an envelope full of classified documents, so we immediately averted our eyes. We didn't read a single word of them and uh, have turned them over to the Justice Department.
5: Now, um, uh, was it windbreaker time or not? That would be a heck of a thing. I mean, a lot of people on the right side of politics, not the correct side, the right politically side, which often is the correct side. Man, this is a confusing. Um, uh, who lean Republican? A lot of people who lean toward Trump were, you know, sending the the FBI, did you have to do that and all that sort of stuff? Well, geez, that's for a former president. Imagine having the FBI go into the home of the current president. Woo! Woo! That's a That'd heck be of a, pretty
3: dramatic, yeah. yeah. That's a heck of yeah. a
5: move right there. Yipes. Yeah, yeah. And I, it does I, not have a good look either. So I like this one. This is a good one. So uh, there's no record. This was the story yesterday, right? That the, the the Secret Service has no record of who comes in and out because it's his private pri- private home. So it's a it's a tradition that at your own home, we don't. We don't, uh, you know, make public who's coming in and out of your home, which I get that as an argument. You got to be able to have some place you can go where the public doesn't have a list of everyone you talk to. Right. I mean, that's sure that's crazy. On the other hand, he has spent way more time than any president because he's so old hanging out at his house. And they've made the argument not a big deal. It's a working office just like the White House. He's doing the same amount of work at his home in Willing- Wilmington that he's doing it at the White House. Well, you can't have it both ways. It can't be. It, it's like it's just like another version of the White House. You're getting the same amount of work done, but we don't get to know who comes and goes because it's your home.
3: And I keep classified stuff scattered around <laughs> in the right. garage, locked next to my locked Corvette. And the Corvette's locked up, too. Butto. In the mudroom. Yeah. <laughs> On the kitchen I, counter with, like, bills I need to pay and catalogs I'm going to flip through eventually. They're all over the place.
6: I'm, Come on.
5: No, we, we got to have rules and figure out what the rules are and what should be classified and then people need to treat them the way they're supposed to treat them and be punished when they're not and all that sort of stuff. But the, the idea that the gardener could have had access to that, whether you're talking about Trump's place or Biden's place, what do you think these gardeners or painters or whoever else? They go through every piece of file folder of paper they see everywhere all the time hoping there'll be some national secret they can sell to the saudis or something i mean it it's it's it strains credulity
3: it, it does it does and the two cases trump and biden are different in some fundamental ways but i just i, I there's a lot of well, fast and loose going on right now can we just follow the rules please
5: the most fundamental ways that it's different is that trump resisted you know they asked for him back and wouldn't give him back so that is the right. the amount that is a red herring. Quit saying Trump had 300 and Biden only has 10. Well, it matters what they were. If Trump had 300 menus from the CIA, but Biden had 10 pieces of how to build an atomic bomb, the 300 does not outweigh the 10. It depends right. on what the documents were.
3: Well, and the number of documents Biden has is growing by the day, so let's not uh, right. total right, it up right, right, quite right. yet. Well, speaking of totaling things up, quick word from our friends at Lear Capital. Stock market dropped about 24% last year, but some people are smiling because they own gold. Experts are predicting a recession around the corner, but gold prices remain shockingly low, which means now is an opportunistic time to invest in gold.
5: So one CNBC expert predicts gold could go up 100%, hit $4,000 an ounce this year. That's uh, That's a lot.
3: Yep. During the recession of 08, gold shot up over 50% and helped investors secure their savings and retirement accounts against loss. With over 25 years of experience and exceptional trust pilot rating in their risk-free investor pledge, Lear Capital is the choice to trust. Get your free wealth protection investor guide. Receive up to $15,000 in free bonus gold based on the value of your purchase.
5: Uh, This is what you do. You visit leararmstrong.com. LearArmstrong.com. You can call uh, 1-800-868-1275, but go to LearArmstrong.com. So speaking of the value of things, I just saw this story about Tesla stock. I don't know if you saw last week, uh, Tesla lowered the price of their vehicles all around the world. The uh, stock has uh, plummeted in the last year or so. Prices and demands are down, and Democrats are souring on the brand. Vanity Fair with an article. Elon Musk's Twitter takeover could be driving away Tesla buyers. So, as um, one of my favorite pundits uh, pointed out, so it's not about global warming then? It's about whether or not you like the guy who runs the car company? And whether sure. or not you're into electric cars? Hmm, Interesting.
3: Yeah, I saw Wyoming <laughs> It's not passed yet. It's a proposal in Wyoming in the legislature to phase out all electric cars by 2035 <laughs> <Hilarious>. <laughs> To protect the contributions and history of uh, Wyoming's oil industry. Oh. So and they're talking about how building the infrastructure and the chargers and everything will be so expensive we need to phase out electric cars by 2030. Hilarious. You know, I also I came across a great article in not a conservative publication that was pointing out that the whole move to electric cars is brutally premature and almost certainly terrible for the environment. Oh, absolutely. Don't have time now, but it's 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 undeniably true and I am 100% agnostic on this question. I am fine with electric cars. I'm fine with with uh, gas-powered cars, unicorn fl- uh, fart uh, powered cars. I don't care. I don't see electric cars or big gas guzzlers as part of my identity at all. I want efficient transportation. I want clean air. I want clean water. I could not give a flying flip what powers the cars. Hydrogen, whatever.
5: But it's kind of interesting, isn't it, that the only electric car that moved the needle at all, if if it weren't for Tesla, electric cars would still be a zero as having an impact. And it barely Mm -hmm. has an impact even with Tesla. But growing
3: so now, rapidly, though, growing very rapidly. I, I just saw the figures on the percentage of cars sold in America that were electric cars. And it is multiples of what it was two, three years. Ago. True.
5: Yes, it's gone still from like, single digits. Yeah, it's gone from like 1% to 3%. So it has grown by multiples, but it's still very tiny. And like half of all electric cars are in California. So it's very, very localized as to where, you know, what parts of the country are, are doing this. But... um. It's interesting that because you th- your your perception is Elon Musk is a, a, a MAGA, By you're going to turn on the the only electric car company that has really done anything or actually has the infrastructure to make it work. You're going to turn on it and like ruin the electric car industry because you're you think Elon Musk likes Trump. So yeah, it's so cultish. So, and... again, is it because of the. You like the Green Planet, or is it about the politics of the person who owns the electric car company? I find I find that kind of funny.
3: Or are you just an arrested adolescent case who goes with whatever fad your friends say you ought to? I do think because... That one, by the way, that's the answer.
5: <laughs> I do think that because Elon has turned off all rich liberals, the car that I drive is going to be worth nothing by the time I'm done using it. Oh, well, what are you going to do?
3: I didn't Go know. sell it to rich Montanans. Or I something. didn't
5: know Elon was gonna buy Twitter. I should have thought I had. Gosh, there's that darn Martin Luther King Jr. penis statue. They got to quit putting that up on the screen. It's just it's hard to look at. I feel like I'm looking at porn when I look at that statue. Wow, wow, wow. It is a weird looking statue. I'll give
3: you that-. Mm-hmm all right well what do what else there's so much to talk about none of it good
5: i was hoping in the nine o'clock hour maybe we can get to uh we did a little bit of this yesterday it's a british comedian calling out woke culture and the problems with it and the dangers of it it's pretty damned interesting maybe we'll do that an hour before we we do four hours if you ever miss an hour get the podcast armstrong and getty on demand
1: at purdueglobal.edu.
4: The
6: Armstrong and Getty
1: Show. Maybe the best
5: selection of donuts in the lunchroom ever in the history of the time I've worked here. (laughs) Somebody's out to get me. Somebody somebody thinks it'd be funny if they break me. They want to see me broken.
3: Here's the boss sent out the memo. Let's break Jack. How do you know your job's in danger? Five signs to know your job is number one. You've sworn off donuts and the boss is constantly waving donuts under your nose.
5: <clears throat> Having just read on Good Morning America, seen it up on the TV, doctors believe reducing your caloric intake is the best diet. Whoa, slow down. I Let know. me take a note. I
3: know. <clears throat> so uh, this is apropos of nothing, but it, it caught my eye. So how many of us have said, boy, I'd love to be rich and involved in a divorce? Oh. Most of us, right? Oh, God. Listen to this, S, would you? And, and I'll, the punchline first, the umbrella, if you will, the topic, the, the folder is labeled. Two, two farmers had a dispute over who owned a cow. One farmer pulled on the horns. The other farmer pulled on the tail. The lawyer milked the cow. Okay. Never forget that. True dat. Lisa Marie Presley, before her untimely death was involved with a, in a divorce battle with her ex-husband, Michael Lockwood, whoever that is. They've been battling over child support over the past year. The two had recently reached a settlement where Lisa Marie agreed to, agreed to pay $6,000 a month to the dude for their 14-year-old twins. And, and uh, the poor kids. I mean, never forget that. Uh, they split in 2016, it's worth mentioning. That's going on you know, seven years ago.
5: This is a tangent. Okay. But you mentioned that, and this is really, bother drives me freaking nuts. I can't tell you how many people have said to me, as I'm going through a divorce with kids, and it's freaking awful, how many people have said to me about divorce, and you know who ends up really suffering? The kids. Yeah! Yeah, the freaking kids! Is that a revelation to any of you people? That's like news to you? Yeah, that's who freaking suffers, the kids! God, I hate it when people say, don't ever say that to me because it labels you as a freaking moron. You know who really ends up? Suffering? Oh, boy. And they, and oh, god! And they tilt their head with I'm about to drop some serious wisdom on you. You know who really ends Here up? Here comes suffering? A truth the truth
3: bomb. The kids.
5: Right. Yeah. No kidding.
3: Boy, that is like walking up to somebody in a car wreck with their leg bent in half because their femur is shattered, saying that looks like it hurts. Anyway, moving along. <sighs> Uh, Lisa Marie had avoided paying child support for years due to her finances being a mess. At one point, Elvis's only child owed millions of dollars in taxes. In 2004, she sold off 85% of her interest in Elvis' estate for around $100 million. $100 million! Years later, she was heavily in debt. Whoa! How, how do you do that? Oh, there's how so much to this. How do you pull that off? There is so much. However, last year, Michael, that's the ex-husband, went back to court to claim Lisa Marie was flush with cash. He said she received a million-dollar advance for a tell-all book and was pulling in additional funds from the the release of the film Elvis. He also believed that Lisa Marie was in control of a trust set up by Elvis worth $60 million. In court documents, he also pointed out she still has ownership in Graceland and a separate hotel owned on the property. In response, Lisa Marie filed financial documents which revealed her monthly income and expenses. She said she pulled in forty-four hundred dollars per month in income and another ninety-five thousand from the Elvis estate, so about a hundred thousand a month. She claimed the money, blah blah, blah was in advance that she had to recoup, blah blah. blah. She said she had ninety-five thousand dollars in checking accounts and negative three million dollars when it came to her property. Oh, here's her monthly expenses. This is the part that I like. Her monthly Expenses totaled ninety-two thousand dollars a month. She spent twenty-three thousand in rent a month, thirty five hundred dollars on health care, five thousand dollars on groceries. <laughs> Three thousand dollars a month on eating out and another twenty five hundred dollars in utilities. She spent four hundred dollars on clothes per month, which doesn't seem like much given the fact that she's spending five k on groceries. <laughs> You'd think she'd need bigger clothes every month. Well, I anyway. Could,
5: you know, don't even get me started. And this stuff's all crap. You just write it down, and they just they just accept it. Okay, so that's how much money you need. You spend five. Th- nobody says nobody needs to spend five thousand dollars a month on groceries. That's insane. They just write that down. Okay, so that's how much needs to, needs to happen.
3: Let's see, $7,000 a month. Oh, $700 on auto expenses. That's very modest. $15,000. Oh, uh, she revealed her massive debts. She owes two hundred eighty dollars to the assistant writer who worked on her tell-all. Over $1 million owed to Barclays Bank, UK, for a loan. She owes over $40,000 on a Maserati she leased. $700,000 in back taxes. $570,000 to the IRS. $400,000 to California, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, but nobody at any point says, why don't you sell the damn Maserati?
5: Well, she's as good at handling <laughs> her finances as uh, Elvis was at handling his digestive system. And the lawyers get paid. Absolutely. Always. Always. That part never fails.
1: $5,000 $5, on
5: groceries. If you miss an hour of this show, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand.
2: Armstrong and Getty.